let me introduce you to inspiring entrepreneurs. Hi there, my name is Ben Gothard. My mission is to interview incredible entrepreneurs who are changing the world and present their stories to you, unscripted and unedited. From billionaires to Forbes 30 under 30 recipients to New York Times bestselling authors and much, much more, these people are living proof that nothing is impossible. Join me on this journey to learn from their experiences and become the person you're meant to be. Welcome to the Project Egg Show every morning at 8 a.m. Central. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Project Egg Show. Today, we have the honor of speaking with Lindsay Phillips, a serial entrepreneur, self-professed organizational freak, client-appointed taskmaster, plus project ninja and warrior content marketer for life and business coaches, accountants, and other online entrepreneurs across the globe. As a CEO and founder of Smooth Sailing Business Growth and Smooth Business Growth Podcast, 15 minutes of pure marketing strategies proven to move the needle, she leads a rock star team to support entrepreneurs who are seeking fast-paced business growth, but finally have come to the realization that they can't do it alone, do it at all, and do it well. Lindsay has been a guest on and featured on Entrepreneur on Fire, Best Show Ever, Business Innovator Radio, <clears throat> Partner in Success Radio, 12-Minute Convos, and many more. And in addition, Lindsay has done some incredible things and has very impressive accolades that I could not possibly cover in this brief introduction. <laughs> without any further ado, Lindsay, welcome so much to the show. Howdy, howdy. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys. And thank you so much for carving out the time. I really do appreciate it. No worries. I love doing interviews and chatting to people and meeting new people. It's so much fun. All right. So let's jump right in. Okie dokie. What is your story? Um, I used to, I had my own business a long, it feels like a lifetime ago uh, when I lived out West. So kind of had a taste of entrepreneurship. Um, exporting vehicles to the States from Canada, believe it or not, which sounds bizarre. Um, and then the dollar kind of did not favor us Canadians anymore. And um, yeah, just kind of was, you know, hired by other people and had a regular nine to five job kind of a thing. And then once I had small kids, I just, I mean, honestly, I had two part-time jobs and I was making 11 to $14 an hour and that's Canadian. And I just knew like I, I was smarter than that. I could do more, but you know, how do I juggle that in small children? And I just wanted to work from home. I knew a couple of people that did. So I got them to kind of teach me a few things and I got a little taste of it, did it, you know, after hours, so to speak, and loved it, learned more online marketing and was really intrigued just by the opportunities, right? Like you can make anything happen and the world is your oyster and you're not chained to what someone else is telling you to do you can kind of make it your own which i thought was really awesome 
and made some great connections. And then I was, you know, doing some extra work and I was burning the candles at both ends. I was working the part-time job, doing this, being a parent. And I was just like, you know, my family was like, you're on the computer again. <laughs> so I was like, it was really hard. So I had to make a decision. I'm either all in or I'm all out. And so I took that leap of faith and I just knew even if I worked part-time doing my own thing, I could have the freedom and I could make more money and it just naturally grew. I mean, I started off in the, just the VA business. So general kind of virtual assisting kind of work. And as you know, we kind of grew, I knew I was being maxed out right with time and dollars as we do. So I did hire another person to do work for me and still make money. And now I'm at 15 team of 15 of us. And uh, I niche down to just content marketing. Um, so I just, I love it. That's where my passion is and I'm good at it. And so, yeah, I changed the business model and here I am. So let's talk about early, early on when you were importing and exporting vehicles, I believe you said. Yeah, I know. <laughs> how did you, how did you get into that? What's the story there? It is kind of a weird one. I was working at a car dealership and they had wholesalers that um, were doing the buying and the selling. And then I was just a receptionist at the car dealership. And then they needed someone in the export department. So doing like the, like the US DOT, the customs work, and uh, they call it registered import work and kind of got into that. And eventually I managed the department. And then um, some of us uh, just, a few of us went on our own. It was Norm, Deb, and me, and we were called Nordalin Enterprises. And then we had wholesalers, and we did all the work. We had an office in Vancouver, an office in Calgary, and then we broached into Ontario, and we were doing really well. It was fun. Wow. So what? Whatever. Whatever happened with that business? Just with the dollar, it um, just the import, the export business, just kind of. You know what I mean? The exchange and selling and it just didn't work. Um, so I yeah, had to leave it. We had to pack it in. Wow. That's okay. Everything happens for a reason. That's right. I do believe that. I do believe that. I also believe that life really happens for you, not to you. Well, that's a good one. I like that. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And yeah, my path, I mean, I went to school for history and fine art history and then, so it's like, people hear my story from like when I was 24 to now and they're like, what? I'm like, I know. But it's like your past just go on different ways, right? And you say yes to this and you say no to that. And, and, but I wouldn't, I mean, there were a lot of trials and tribulations, but where I'm at right now and the way the business is going, I, I'm like, this is perfect. I would not want to do anything else. Why did you choose those as your majors in college? You know, I don't know because I was actually going to go into accounting. I actually got a uh, scholarship at a, and I kind of should have done it because I do actually have a bookkeeping certificate on the side, which I do. Um, but yeah, I just loved history and decided, no, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I don't know. I was young and silly, but <laughs> I did go into museum management and curatorship for grad school. And, um, I worked in the arts industry and stuff like that for a while. And again, your paths just end up kind of going elsewhere and it's okay. Why fight it? 
That's awesome. How did you, how did you make those decisions to pivot into that and and then pivot away? And like, like what was your, what was your decision-making process throughout that? A lot of it was financial. Um, and why I left the arts kind of industry, the hours were killing me and there was a lot of sales pressure and I, I sales, it didn't feel like it was me. Do you know what I mean? I just felt like I wasn't in the right space. Um, and I had another opportunity that was given to me in the interior design space. Again, weird, right? And then um, I enjoyed it and I knew I could live in the Okanagan in BC instead of in Vancouver. And so that was a deciding factor as well. So let's talk about when you became a mom and you were making this decision of do I stay Mm -hmm. doing all all these different things or do, and I really like what you said, do I go all in or do I go all out? You can't have a, you can't have feet on both sides of the bridge. You know what I mean? It doesn't work. Um, For me, it was like, I was making so much more money. Like when you think hourly, right. Doing the VA stuff. And I didn't have a lot of hours, but I knew like I'm, I'm stubborn and I'm ambitious. So I figure it, it'll happen. And I'm an eternal optimist. So I like, I, you just know that, you know, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> and I wasn't really loving the part-time job that I had anymore anyways. And I was running someone else's company and not making the money. And so, yeah, it just, I don't know. I follow my gut. It just felt right. And I knew the opportunity was there to make it something. And I'm stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to work, darn it. (laughs) So I feel like when, when people talk about their success stories and, you know, going through a decision like that, it takes like maybe a minute to, to tell about it, but that doesn't always encapture or encapsulate the, mm-hmm. the emotion of that, the, like what you were feeling, like the actual work that you put in to not only do that, but to get to that point where you could even make that decision. Like, right. like I want to drill down into that and really, really understand, you know, what was going on at the time? What were you thinking? What were you feeling? And you're so right. I mean, to tell the story is like no time at all, but like this is over the span of, you know, a couple of years, really, when you think about it, I had uh, two different part-time jobs, one I liked and one, you know, I I wasn't loving anymore or the dollars as well. And I was trying to find a way so that I could work from home and be now that my kids were starting to get into school so that I didn't have to have them having daycare afterwards till 6 p.m. at night um, so that it was more family friendly and that I had control back over what I did during the day and that I didn't have to do, you know, sales calls or whatever, you know, those tasks that I didn't like. And it, and it was more when all of that builds, you know, I've got the two jobs, I've got the kids, I'm doing the stuff online as well. And, and I'm trying to juggle it all. And it's like, you break down after a while. It's like, I can't keep going at this pace. I can't keep doing this. I'm burning myself out. I'm not being fair to the rest of my family. 
Um, and it was kind of like doing the dollars and cents and I'm very logical minded. So it's like, you know, you've got your pros and your cons list and okay, if I do this, how much money am I going to make at the end of the month? If I do this, you know, what is, you know, if I follow this path, I'm just going to stay on that path and nothing's going to change. Whereas if I go on this path, I'm still going to make the same amount of money, at least be happier, be at home and have potential. So that to me was a no brainer. It was a hard decision and I felt bad for, you know, handing my resignation in and like, I can't do this anymore. Um, Cause you know, I did have a good relationship with them and I worked with them for four years or however long. Um, but I, I had to do what was right for me to make me happy. And I had to do what was right for my family and financial situation. Right. I knew there was potential and I had enough connections and I had enough confidence in myself that I knew I could learn anything and figure it out. And I did that first year, you know, fake it till you make it. Yeah. That was the title of uh, my book for that year. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you really get started with the online stuff? Like where did, where did you get the idea to do that? How did you first get it up and running? Um, I had a friend that was doing it and she, you know, had some clients and stuff like that. So she got me to do some work behind the scenes um and then one of them um needed some extra work and to run this project so she said you know Lindsay would be perfect for it blah 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 and then so did that and then he actually had like a summer school kind of a a course an online program during the summer and it was all about like growing your online business I can't remember the exact name of it um But yeah, I kind of felt like a little fish in a big pond, you know, asking silly questions and stuff like that. But I learned a ton and I made some good connections. And actually one of the women that was in the course contacted me and she's like, you know, I really liked how you answer the questions and, you know, what you have to say. How can you help me in my business? I was like, what? (laughs) So uh, and Diana is still my client years, years, years later. um, Good friend of mine. And so I started doing social media for her and help her with her online marketing and kind of learned as I went. And then I got a referral. You know, I had another friend that was a VA and she could only take on so much work. So she had you know, a name that she passed on to me that, you know, can you help this woman with her social media and some admin stuff? And I'm like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, there was a lot of Googling and figuring things out. But again, I'm confident in my abilities and I learn fast and I'm creative. So, um, and then it just, and then I had my first two clients and then it just, yeah, naturally grew from there, just from and networking and connecting with other people and other entrepreneurs. And they referred me to somebody else. And, and it just organically grew over the years after that. A little scary at first, not going to lie. But, uh, but yeah, it was good. Wow. So, and, and I'm really interested in, in the transition moment. Because I think that's massively important to talk about. Um, was there a point like, like one specific thing that was like the final straw where you're like, I've had it. That's it. I am doing it. Like, was there, was there that one big moment or like a transition point in, in particular that sticks out? Not really. I think I was, 
it was just so many layers, right? So many combinations just kind of came in. It's like, I was frustrated with the job. I was worried about finances. I want to be home for the kids. You know, I'm burnt out. And I think when everything just all of a sudden layered on top of each other, it was like, okay, I need to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And once I make up my mind, then it's moving forward. Wow. So once you made up your mind and you're like, all right, I'm all in, I'm doing it. It's go time. Then what happened? I just got online, learned a ton, took some courses again, made connections. Um, I was doing work for a few people and bear in mind that it was still a part-time business, right? Even though like it wasn't full-time at first because my daughter was still not going to school yet and what, and what have you. So it was, it was what I needed and I was still making more money and not having to, you know, pay daycare and other things. So it was what I needed at the time. I wasn't looking to have a full time business right then and there. I wasn't looking to have a team. I just wanted to be able to make decent income, be at home with my kids, not have as much stress and do something I enjoy. So that was my focus. And then again, it just kind of organically grew. And then as my children got bigger and were in school more, that's when it became more full time. And then I'm like, you know, and just being around other entrepreneurs. Um, I went to Lisa Sasevich's event um, years ago. And I remember feeling like a little fish in a big pond, like all these women that are making like six, seven figure businesses. And I'm like, oh my God, that could never be me. And I was there helping out a client. She's like, that totally can be you. And I'm like, no. And just looking around and seeing people and hearing their stories. And I'm like, why can't it be me? You know what I mean? And so my mindset shifted. And then I realized like, no, I can't, like, how can, how can I make it happen? How can I grow? And so that's where I opened up my eyes to like having a team and, you know, getting a real website and like that kind of stuff. Right. And actually marketing my business and making more connections, making more of an effort. Cause at first I didn't really make much of an effort. Some work just kind of came my way. It was enough to keep me busy. I was satisfied with that. And, um, I, since then I've reached my six figure goal goals and I'm on my seven figure goal now. And <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a crazy journey, but it's, it's funny. It's like, you're doing all these things, but it's also like, a your brain has to change before that can change. You know what I mean? I feel like I do to some extent, but like, how would you, how would you really explain that? Like, like how would you teach a mindset shift Mm. to somebody else? That's a good question. I think you have to open up your mind and not limit yourself. Cause for me, I had in my head, I'm, and I hate this word just, so I guess one thing would be to get that word out of your head, but like, I'm just a mom. I'm living in a small town in Ontario. Who am I to think I could ever have a six figure business? Who am I to think that I could have a team or an agency? You know, I I could never speak on stage. I could never have my own podcast show, be an author. Like that's crazy talk. Like those kinds of things that enter your head, you like you, I mean, I still do it every now and then, you know, um, but you have to like turn that off. And it's like, 
if other people can do it, why can't I? Like, I'm confident in my abilities. Um, you know, I, there, there's no reason why it couldn't happen. And so I think being at Lisa's event and being surrounded by other entrepreneurs that were growing their business and doing great things. And for me, other women that were doing those things, it's kind of like, well, I can, like, why, why can't I, you know, the, the possibilities are endless in the grand scheme of things. I love that question. Why can't I? Yeah. Why Darn it. <laughs> I know. And uh, now it's like, I'm obviously, I remember having my, my business coach was like, Hey, you got to get videos. You got to have your own podcast show. And I'm like, I know. And I dragged my heels. I was scared crapless for having a podcast show. I was like freaking out. Um, and my first few episodes sucked royally, <laughs> but <laughs> now it's like, I love it. It's so much fun and I uh, don't feel nervous. I've spoken on stage now and I'm like, that's easy. That's all good. Cause as long as I'm talking about something I know and I love it, it's, it's fun. So yeah, it, and you have to stretch yourself, right? If, if you're freaking out that you can't do something or you worry about doing a video or whatever that may be. Um, and this is one thing I learned from Jim Palmer, my, my business coach at the time was like, if you're scared, do it anyway. So it's like, if I'm kind of mentally freaked out about something, I'm like, that means I have to do it anyways. Darn it. (laughs) (laughs) And then you just do it. And then you feel so good. It's like the endorphins are rushing through your body because you're like, yeah, I rock. (laughs) I finally did it or whatever it is. It feels so good. And then it like spurs more, right? And you're like, I wasn't so bad. Let's talk about when you first started, um, when you first started your show. Because I know that the first couple episodes of the Project Egg Show were awful. It was awful. I literally, here, here's, here's how I pulled it off, right? Like now I have a very professional setup, like yeah. got the lights, like nice camera. I've invested in a lot of studio equipment. But when I first started, I literally borrowed one of my best friend's microphones which was a Yeti snowball, which it's not a bad microphone, but I literally borrowed that microphone and I went on Skype and I recorded it on Skype. And I think I paid like $29 for this thing called Ecamm call recorder. And I I was recording a Skype calls, but I was way too scared to go on camera. I was way scared. So all I did was I did the audio only. And I was terrified because I had never done an interview before. Like it is I, scary. Yeah, it's so scary. Like never done an interview before. Uh, I was way too scared to go on video, and like the sound quality was okay. But I didn't know what questions to ask or what. Like, but it was fun. It's like, oh, this yeah. is cool. I'm not gonna. I'm still here. I still survive. I know. <laughs> so, so I want to know your experiences. Like, like. How did you, how did you really get started with it? Like, how did you first start it, start it off? I know. And I remember, um, I interviewed my friends that are also entrepreneurs. So I figured, okay, that's a safe bet. I know enough about them and what they do. Right. And they'll be kind to me. Um, (laughs) and then at that point, my, um, my show was about half an hour long. So it was a little bit longer now it's 15 minutes. And so I kind of, I wrote up questions and stuff like that. But I think I was so stiff and worried about what questions I was asking. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And 
as I've grown, it's like a ask things that you're interested in. You actually want to know. So I was interviewing people where it's like, I want to know about LinkedIn ads. I want to know about whatever it may be. So it's like, I'm jotting down notes while I'm interviewing them. Cause it's like stuff I want to know. Right. Might as well kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, just meeting some interesting people that are from like all sorts of like different areas of the world and just hearing some of their stories. And it's like, honestly, now I forget that I'm even being recorded. It's, you know, just pretend you're having, well, not pretend, but like have a conversation with someone. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we're mm-hmm. streaming live right now, but I sort of forget that we actually are. Cause I'm just looking at you. You know what I mean? We're just, we're talking. Um, so I think if you kind of get those expectations off your shoulder and just like, once I started to chill and just like connect with the person and have a conversation with the person, then I was fine. I mean, and I still trip up. I still, you know, say the wrong word or mispronounce her name or, you know, your brain just all of a sudden shuts off and you're like, what was I going to ask? <laughs> you know, no one's, and I don't cut that out. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, I'm not perfect. I don't profess to be perfect. People know it's a genuine conversation. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I totally roll with the punches. Exactly. Exactly. And like, I, I mess up all the time and I actually welcome it because then I'm like, okay, I messed up there. Now I, I either write it down on my journal. I mean, I have a lot of journals. So one of my journals or like I make a mental note like, hey, don't do that again. You know, yeah. you learn from it. Now, we, now you can fix it. And like that has been very helpful because it's like every time I make a mistake, it's like life is telling me, oh, that you need to work on that. I'm like, all right, sweet. That's true. I, yeah, I know yeah. how to fix it. And, um, you know, my dad told me something. years ago back when I was in high school I'm 24 now so it's what like seven or eight seven years ago maybe um but he told me because he played trumpet in high school and Mm -hmm. he played trumpet in college too he's really really good I mean he's still really good um he actually so I'm in New Orleans he he just played at uh, a jazz fest that's Um, amazing so shout out to dad but anyways um (laughs) he he told me he's like when I was in college the professor told us, I want you to practice and I want you to give it everything that you've got. And I want you to know that you're going to mess up mm-hmm. and that's totally okay. But what I want to make sure that you do is to own it. When you mess up, I want you to mess up in front of everybody and I want everybody to hear it. And I want you to recognize that everybody's hearing it because afterwards, like you're you're still gonna survive. Like yeah, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be able to keep going. The people are not they're like they're not out to get you. In the more that you can like, I know it's kind of a charge word, but like expose yourself to that sort of like yeah. vulnerability. You that's like a muscle that you can build up, and you're like, oh, ooh, I like that phrase. Yeah, yeah, that's not that bad. I can actually like I can mess up. It's okay. I just keep going. And so that has stuck with me for so so long. That's awesome. And it's like you're addressing the elephant in the room, right? If you totally screw up, you're like you admit like, "Oh man, I totally messed up in the third whatever." And oh, well, I'll get it next time. And it's like versus like being embarrassed and like high, like just address it. And it shows that you're human. It's all good. That's right. That's right. And and I'll tell you this. Uh, now I'm getting all fired up about this, but I, I want to say this. 
the like one of the things that I feel like a lot of people are scared of is the criticism. Yeah. Of like, oh, you messed up right there. You're not perfect. Exactly. What you know what? The the people who are the people who are gonna take the time out of their day to criticize you, like they're not even taking the time to get up on stage themselves. Ooh, yeah. They're not putting themselves out there. Yeah. And so it's really easy for them to sit there and point the finger because they're probably too scared to get up and do it themselves. And it's like True. That's what they have to do it. So like, I I think the criticism is also, it also can be important because, you know, if somebody is actually like somebody who's qualified to actually give you advice, like, like your coach that you're talking about, if they can give you helpful advice, like that's really useful. You can use that to get better. Totally. Progress and move on. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I always think um, Marie Forleo is like, her videos are like, perfectly done their stage she's beautiful the whole so it's like it's hard to feel like you like you have something to live up to but she shared once it was her old videos when she was like laptop at the kitchen table and I was like so it hasn't always been this like you know aura of perfection and I'm like all right so I've got to start somewhere and if it means you know I'm in my kitchen with my laptop whatever like but I know that it's like your steps and stages of the progress whether it's a video whether it's whatever um so it's like that made me kind of not worry about that stuff so much like everyone has to start somewhere and everyone has the first crappy episodes of their podcast and everyone you know trips on the stage the first time they're doing a speaking gig like whatever (laughs) it's gonna happen (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there is, okay, so a couple days ago, I think it was over the weekend, um, I literally just could not get this idea out of my head. And I ended up staying up till like 5.30 a.m. I I was journaling about it and thinking about it. I just couldn't, I couldn't get it out of my head. It It was like, like I get really focused on stuff and that's like, it's like a blessing cause I can focus, but then it's a curse because then I can't stop focusing sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It monopolizes yeah. your brain. <laughs> exactly. So I was thinking about this and I was thinking what I bet you a lot of people will give up because they may see somebody, somebody like Marie who's like way up here. Um, and they, the, the people may be right here, but Let's say that you then zoom in on that individual's progress. They mm-hmm. may have been working for three months before they may have been here, and after three months may have been here. And it's like that's that's positive. That's positive movement. That's good. Yeah. That's what you want. But because you're not comparing yourself to yourself, and you're not comparing yourself today with yourself three months ago, and you're comparing yourself like both times with somebody else who's way up here, like you could get a very distorted view of how you're doing your progress is like. And I just kept thinking like, wow, that's a huge problem because it's very hard to like give a, a qualitative and or quantitative analysis of like where you are in your life. How are you doing? Yeah. And like, I just kept thinking like there needs to be, you need to have like a dashboard of like, here I am here. Like, this is where I was three like months ago. Like a growth ago. chart. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I could not stop thinking about that. 
So that is so true. And I think that's where, like, if you're with them in a bit, like I have a, a business coach or you're in a mastermind or whatever, like there's so many people at different levels in their business. Right. But they see sometimes they're the outside looking in. And I remember like even struggling with whatever it was. And like my coach or one of the peers is like, yeah, but look where you were last year and look what you've done. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I have done a lot of things. I, for- I forgot about that. Because <laughs> you're, you're just so like, you know, in the moment or in your own head or, and that's true. And the other thing I think is like, if you look at like Frank Kern or whoever, it's like, you try to aspire to that, but you don't know what their story was 10 years ago. You don't know if they had three years of struggle to get an ounce of notoriety, you have no idea what their story is. That's so you true. You can't assume that all of a sudden, boom, that they did three secret things that all of a sudden, you know, six figures landed in their lap. And it's like, no. Yeah. And, and I really believe that the, the money that you make is just one small result Mm-hmm. of the person that you become. And like, I think at the end of the day, like, yeah, making money is important. And yeah, fire to make however much money that you want. But in order to make that money, I think you have to be, you have to work on yourself and develop your character in order to get there. What do you think about that? I agree. And I think your, I think your focus and your goals half like I think if if your goals are just money it's like people that go into podcasting to monetize their business and they're focused on like how many downloads they have and then to me if that's their focus then they're missing an opportunity to have a relationship with the other person on the other side of the mic they're missing an opportunity to have relationships with the listeners and nurture that and and grow that which will you know it's not a short-term game. It's a long-term game. You're going to get a good following. So I think having that wrong focus, it's not going to get you to where you need to be. And if you're just a transactional base, like ching, 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 you just want like, you know, the shopping cart to be going through, then how many of those clients are you going to keep long-term? You're going to be looking at acquisition all the time versus client retention and fostering those relationships. I would rather work with a few people that I love and adore and have fun working with them than having a bunch of little ones that, you know, just adds up in his dollars and cents. It's yeah, it's not my bag, but that's me. Everyone has their own goals and it's all good. (laughs) So let's talk about some of the challenges that you've had to overcome moving from being like a solopreneur to running a team and hitting that six figure mark? There have been many. (laughs) I have shed a few tears. Um, It's hard. A, giving up the control, right. And, and empowering your team to like take things over. And if things don't go right, you can't really freak out and you have to make sure that you're teaching them well and leading them well. And, you know, overseeing, you can't just leave it alone and walk away. Um, And the biggest thing I learned, um, I remember when I, I can't remember when it was, but when I changed my business from a VA and niche down to just content marketing, it was about like a November, December, I got a 
flood of new clients. Like I was like, woohoo. But on the other hand, I was like, holy Hannah, Batman, I don't have enough of me to go around. <laughs> and just trying to like onboard them and then had to get another team member and trying to train them. And I, it made me realize that the systems and processes that I had in place were not sustainable and they weren't, they were good for before, they aren't good for now. And so I had to like, I was freaking out. I was like so burnt out, so stressed out. I had to change, you know, redo trainings and change some systems and what my team members did and, you know, how to dot your I's and cross your T's. And it was a lot of hard work and it was stressful. And I made mistakes because I had too much going on and I learned from it. It sucked at the time. Um, but now we've got like solid procedures in place and stuff like that. But I learned that it's like at different stages in your business, you can't rely on the systems and procedures that you had before things change and you have to like pivot and adjust and make new ones up as you go. And it's annoying and it's time consuming, but you have to. And so that was a hard lesson and it was, yeah, very, very stressful growing pains. I want to talk about those, those systems and processes. Um, but I, but I first want to touch on when you niche down because I love that you said you niche down to content marketing and then you got this whole flood of new clients. Mm -hmm. You talk about how you actually did that. Like, how did you decide, okay, this is what I need to focus on. And then when you did that, how did you then get all of those clients? Partly, I think it's just divine intervention in all honesty. <laughs> but um, for me, it was, I even let a couple of clients go, um, which was scary as heck. I'm like, I'm saying no to money. Like, I was like, how can I do that? But they, I wasn't doing things that I loved anymore. I wanted, I didn't want to do, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, but the other thing was that some people felt that the messaging on my website and my focus, like people didn't really understand how I could help them. Mm. And so some feedback that I was getting from people, right? And I'm like, okay. And so between that, and I was talking about content marketing and what I love to do and what I was good at. And I remember one of my clients said, um, I would never have known that from your website. And I'm like, what? I'm like, oh man, because <laughs> you're just going on autopilot and you're running your business, but you don't take a step back and realize those things. And so I'm like, you know what? I, I would rather focus on this and say no to this. And it was scary as anything. Cause I remember people were calling me up and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't do those services. And meanwhile, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't say that. <laughs> say no. And, but I was like, it's okay. I don't want to do that stuff anyways. Cause it stresses me out. It's, it's not scalable. It's a whole bunch of reasons. And I remember like, oh my gosh, but then I got someone and I don't remember how, but, um, which was exactly what I wanted to do. And I raised, you know, my rates at the time and they're like, yep. Awesome. When can we get rolling? And I was like, that's me. I'm like, okay, that was the world telling me that it's okay to do this. Do you know what I mean? It's okay that I'm charging my value. It's okay that I'm saying no to X, Y, Z, and it's okay that I'm changing. By niching down, you're actually becoming an expert in that field. So people have a more clear idea of how you can help them. And um, 
and they want you as the expert versus hiring someone that's a generalist. Um, so then obviously I had to change, you know, marketing language, what have you, and, and did all that and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, just the, I don't even remember where they, they came from, but it was just like divine intervention. The world's just telling me like, yep, this is the right path. Wow. How did you, like, why content marketing? Like, what about that really yeah. drew you and, and how did you develop the skill set? Skill set, I think just over time, I love being creative. So creating graphics or like if you have a blog, pull little, I call them snackable bites, pull pieces out of it to make a new social media post, reworking, reusing what you have, um, like quote graphics. I love writing. Um, so I just love that creative element of it, writing email, copy and what have you. And I just enjoyed it. And I liked the fact that you can target your ideal client and target your customer on what you do on how do I put this? So like how you write it, right? Like playing into their pain points or like that psychological aspect to it. I really find interesting. Um, so I just, I'm naturally drawn to, to that stuff. And honestly, like with some clients, it was working so well, their e-list, you know, was growing from like 700. It's, I think it's like 20 odd thousand now. Um, and like, you know, social media followers and just, you know, more people going to webinars or whatever it may be. And just seeing when you see results, it like, you can't help but get excited, <laughs> you know? Um, and yeah, I, I don't know why I just, and I knew admin stuff. Um, it, it, it just caused me more stress than it did enjoyment. So I'm like, why, why am I doing this? You know what I mean? That's huge. That's huge. So now you have a team of 15. Mm -hmm. Where are you going next? What's the, what's the vision? Well, I am um, in the middle of writing my book, which I know everyone out there is like, Oh my God, are you ever going to finish the darn thing? <laughs> and uh, I am starting a, a coaching program. So I'll be like your content coach. I have it finished it all yet, but it's uh, content uh, made easy as ABC, which is attract, build relationships and convert. And so we'll have a membership um, coaching program coming up in the near future. I love strategizing. I love the coaching part of it and helping people um, get a content marketing plan together and online business plan. It's so much fun. And it's just a way for me to do more of what I love and a way to scale my business and, and grow. We've talked a lot about your professional journey, but what's been going on in your personal life this whole time? I am still living in rural. I don't know if you can see through the glass there, but there's farm life. I think there was a bunny in front of my door yesterday. <laughs> so live out in the rural community. My kids are 10 and, um, gosh, he'll be 14 soon going into high school. And for me, it's taking more time off. We bought a trailer last summer and um, which I never imagined we would have. So that was pretty exciting. And just taking more time off, hanging out with the kids. I'm going to see if I can work from the trailer and then we can, you know, spend more time doing what we love. Um, we went to Disney this year and went to Florida. So that was really fun. Some more, more trips, more memories. So that's what, yeah, that's what's on my mind. 
That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much, Lindsay, for uh, for coming on the show today. Um, truly, uh, truly been a, a pleasure to share this time with you and to, and to speak with you. So, uh, I just have a couple more questions for you, but uh, sure. To, no, uh, I've really enjoyed it. It's fun chatting with you. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so, is is there anything about yourself that you think is an important part of who you are that we did not talk about today? In other words, what did I miss? I really love chocolate and wine <laughs> <laughs> and beer. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <clears throat> it, it's what gets me through. Um, I think the importance of surrounding yourself with people um, in the entrepreneurial world that get what you do. I mean, I have friends here, obviously, in the community and stuff, but they're not entrepreneurial. So I can sort of talk about my business, but they don't get it. Do you know what I mean? Um, One of my best friends actually is in Winnipeg, um, Manitoba. We, you know, are online all the time. We work together with a client. And same with the one click, uh, Lindsay, we did marketing and Merlot for a year, which was a lot of fun. And like, we get each other, right. And we understand the trials and tribulations and support each other in, in growth. And I'll go to them for advice. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? And that aspect is invaluable because it can kind of feel lonely when you're, you know, on the computer by yourself and, or, you know, your family don't quite get the whole entrepreneur you know, we're passionate people, man. We're, these are our babies. So it's good to have those people like that around you. That's awesome. So what question should I be asking you that I just wouldn't think to ask? Oh man. Would you want your children to be an entrepreneur? Ooh, that's a good one. What's your answer to that? I would say that whatever fosters their talent and makes them happy, I certainly wouldn't say it's the way to go. If they want to be, you know, a nurse or a vet and help animals, then that would be the right path for them. Um, My son seems to have the entrepreneurial spirit, which is kind of amusing. Even a few years ago, he said he wanted to, he loves food and cooking. So he wants to own and run his own food truck. <laughs> and uh, he says that maybe, you know, I should help or my husband should help. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'll design your flyers maybe and do some bookkeeping, but I am not flipping food in a truck. <laughs> but it's cute that he like, you know, he's got a plan in mind and wants to own his own business somehow, even if it's on the side. I'm like, it's cute. That's awesome. Well, again, Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really do thank appreciate you. it. And uh, to everybody who's watching, listening, I want to thank y'all very, very much. Uh, your time is very valuable, and I'm very grateful that you would share it with us today. So thank you. I love you, and I will see you on the next episode. <laughs>